if I fully trusted myself, what might I do differently in my marketing? Because the longer that we've been entrenched in trusting other voices before trusting our own voice, the harder it will naturally feel at the beginning to start accessing our own voice. Can you adjust how you're running your business right now to more directly contribute to the success that you want to create? Can you do at least one thing in your business exactly how you want to do it? Instead of how someone else told you that you quote unquote have to. Welcome to Selling Chocolate, the podcast where I am sharing the tactical steps, mindset shifts, and strategies that will help big-hearted entrepreneurs like you expand your visibility, impact, and income, and create consistent five-figure months doing work you love doing in the way you love doing it. Around here, we call that sustainable success. I'm your host, Carly Jo Bell, cat lady, business coach, product and service-based business owner, and the founder of Whole Co Media. By tuning into this episode today, you are showing your brain that not only is it possible for you to create genuinely sustainable success in your business, it's also a reality that is available to you right now. And now all you need to do is listen and then choose to take the aligned next step toward your version of sustainable success. So let's dive in. Pretty much everything in business requires compromise to a degree. Because if you think about it, like there are literally always going to be trade-offs to every single decision that you make. It's not always going to be just this like, woo, everything is perfect or whatever, you know, and I know you know that, so I don't need to clarify that. But <laughs> what I will kind of clarify is what I mean when I say the word trade-offs. So let's think about if you were to make a decision to add a new service into your business, then even if that's like, I'm so excited about this, I really want to add this service in, there's going to be some trade-offs that come when you add that service in. Maybe now you're going to have to, for the next six months, be working through some of the foundations for this new service, running it through some iterations, like getting it exactly how you want it to be. So the trade-off here is I'm choosing to do the thing that I want, but because I am making that choice, this other thing is going to happen. I'm going to have to probably invest some more time than I normally would over these next few months on X, Y, and Z, right? Or a really easy example would be if you've listened to, I think it was episode one of this season. Yeah, season six, episode one, where I talked about Holco's messy middle. The last six months for me, I've pretty much been focusing like almost exclusively <laughs> on doing a lot of kind of behind the scenes things in Holco. So we have been entirely updating the Expand training library. We have been working with a brand strategist and creative director to rebrand ourselves, essentially. We've just been working on so many things behind the scenes. I hired my first employee. So there's, you know, we've, that's that comes with a whole set of things as well, like learning how to be a boss, you know, <laughs> in that way. Although I don't really like to think of myself necessarily in that like such heavy language of boss. I don't know. Is that my own little thing? It's fine. Let's come back in. So because I have made the decision over the last six months to be focusing on these kind of more behind the scenes things, the trade-off with that has been that I haven't been focusing as much 
on bringing in new clients and new leads. Obviously, that has started to change, but that was the trade-off. The trade-off was I'm probably not going to be bringing in the same amount of clients as I'm used to because that's literally not what I'm focusing on right now. And so it's literally like this with everything in business. Everything that you choose to do, there's going to be a trade-off for it. And so that's what I mean when I say that everything in business is kind of like compromising to a degree. But the thing is, is that some of these compromises really actually like serve us and they lead us to where we want to go. But others, they lead us in the exact opposite direction of where we want to go. And so we're not usually like ultra conscious of these compromises or of the trade-offs until we actually feel the experience of them. Of course, I do like to remind my clients to like really when they're making any decision to preempt the trade-offs and think about the trade-offs and think about what that's going to look like. But for the most part, many of the compromises that we are making, the trade-offs that we are committing to, they kind of happen unconsciously. And especially the ones that lead us away from where we want to go, those ones are especially happening sort of unconsciously. Because if we were aware of them, then we wouldn't be doing them because we'd be like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is literally taking me exactly where I do not want to go. And so what I want us to talk about today is actually three of what I have seen to be some of the most common and some of the most sneaky compromises that so many business owners, literally including me in my earlier days, make or have made. And these are the compromises that I have just seen clients make time and time again. And really, they are compromises that are moving you away from where you truly want to go. And until we have awareness on the fact that we are making these compromises, or even that we have made these compromises, we will continue to move in the direction that is opposite to where we want to go. And obviously, like I was saying before, once you know that you're making these compromises, you're going to be like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) And it's going to be so much easier than be like, oh, so what do I want to do? And then start pointing more of your focus toward the things in your business that are actually taking you to where you want to go. So should we jump in? We have three compromises that, again, I have seen not only myself take, but so many of my clients have been stuck in these things before they've come to work with me or even while they're working with me and we have to, you know, do some work around creating this awareness and then moving into the thing that they actually want to do rather than these compromises that they're making. All right, let's go. Okay, compromise number one that I so frequently see. This is doing work based off of what you think that you can get paid to do rather than doing work that you actually want to do. Okay, this is like pretty obvious, right? But I know for me, at least early on in my business, I didn't realize that I had made the decision to do the work that I could get paid to do over doing the work that I actually wanted to do. Like it happened really gradually to the point where it kind of surprised me when I realized I was like, oh my gosh, wait, how did I end up here? (laughs) And the reason why this happens is usually it comes down to a belief that you know, I don't believe that I can get paid to do the work that I really want to do. And we all have different places where we pick this belief up from. 
it could be valuable for you to think about where you might have picked this belief up from if this is something that you do believe. But really, it's just good to know, hey, this might be a belief. And then we can look at what do we want to do with that, right? <laughs> I know for me, it was really early that I picked this belief up. Like literally my first client is what taught me that I cannot get paid to do the work that I actually want to do. My first client is where I learned or where I very first made that compromise of I'm going to do the work that I'm doing based off of what I think I can get paid to do rather than doing the work that I actually want to do. And this was with my very first client. I'll just tell you the story. I was living in the Whit Sundays at the time, the Whit Sundays region of Australia. And if you know about the Whit Sundays, they're beautiful, wonderful, great place to vacation, kind of tough to live, or at least for me, it was tough to live there. Um, there's just, you know, it's it's hot. There's so many things, but it's fine. <laughs> anyway, I was living in the Whit Sundays region of Australia, and I was every single week like trying to figure out how do I get more clients? How do I get more clients? How do I get more clients? Or really, how do I get any clients, right? Because I had zero clients at that point. I just started my business. And every week, In a local Facebook group, there was a post that invited people to like promote their services. So every week, right, I waited for this post and then I would jump in there and I would promote my services and I would like, you know, whatever. And at the time, what I really wanted to do was social media marketing because I was like, I know that I can do this. I have experience doing this. I know that I'm good at this. So that's what I want to do. That was the work that I actually wanted to do. One day I posted about my services on this, you know, promote yourself post and somebody replied, always amazing. And they said that they wanted to work with me. Like, oh, I think that I think this is what I'm looking for. I think I can use your help. Why didn't you come out to, you know, to their business and let's talk? So, of course, you know, I am like, first client, got to be super professional, like, you know, best foot forward. So I literally put my blazer on. my blazer from when I worked in Sydney. And I'm laughing because if you know anything about the wet Sundays, like it is so humid. It's like so freaking humid. So the idea of putting a blazer on and pants to like walk into a business, (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) hilarious. Probably totally uncalled for. It's okay. Hindsight is 2020, right? Okay. I put this blazer on, I walk in And then I start talking to this business owner and, you know, I'm like, yeah, I can do social media, whatever. But then they have this entire laundry list of things that they want to do, none of which actually include social media. They were literally like, yeah, well, you know, I think I need all of these other things and then maybe we'll consider doing social media afterward. And I was like, okay, great. (laughs) I was like, perfect. Yep. I can do all of those other things. And in that moment, of course, I didn't know it then, but in that moment, I made this compromise. I decided to design the work that I could do around what I thought I could get paid to do rather than doing what I really wanted to do. And let me just tell you right now, skip to the end of the story. That was horrible, miserable, bad decision. (laughs) Because I was like saying yes to things that I didn't actually know how to do. I was charging like no money for any of it. I remember one thing, I charged like 50 bucks for something and it took me like 14 hours to try and figure out how to do. 
it was horrible. And then eventually I had to like phone a friend. I reached out to someone on Instagram that I knew may know how to do this. And they were able to help me in like two seconds. It's fine. But anyway, with all of this, I made this compromise from the very beginning of my business. And that set me on a path for the next couple of years, really, where I kept designing the offers that I would sell based off of what I thought that I could get paid to do rather than what I actually wanted to do. And the thing with this one is like, this one's a little insidious because the compromise might actually work initially, right? You're going to make the sale at first. You're going to get the client. That's exactly what happened to me. It worked at first. I got this one client, my first ever client. But over the long term, when you keep building out of this compromise, it doesn't work. And actually, not only is it not going to work, but it's actually going to take so much longer for you to create what you want to create because you are going in the complete opposite direction of where you actually want to go. If where you actually want to go is Toronto and then you take on a job that takes you to, I don't know, Mexico City, (laughs) it's not going to work right? It's going to just be a huge detour that you actually don't even need to go on. And obviously, you know, my example is a very overt example of this, but this can show up in really tiny ways too. You know, are you saying yes to a small request from a client that actually is slightly out of your scope of work, but you're like, well, I can get paid to do it, so it's fine. I'll take it on, you know? It can happen in a lot of different ways, some really obvious and big ways, some really small ways as well. But when you make this compromise, like I was saying, again, it might work initially. It might bring you more money. It might get you a new client, but it is really sending you a complete opposite direction from where you want to be. And therefore, it's going to actually take longer to create the business that you want to create. And not only that, but If you keep going down this path, and I can say this from experience, because probably the first two years of my business, I built most of my offers (laughs) at that point based on what I thought I could get paid to do. If you keep going on this path, you are going to hit a ceiling where you come to this point where you're like, I don't want to bring on another client. And so even though you really do want to bring on another client, like you're saying that to yourself, you're like, I want another client. I want to book this out. I want to, you know, become fully booked with this before I pivot, because then that's going to make me feel safe. I hear that all the time. (laughs) But if that's what you're trying to do, you actually are going to struggle to bring a new client in because you're going to be so exhausted from doing this work just to get paid for it rather than doing the work that you actually truly want to do. So if you're finding yourself in a place where maybe like you're just you feel like you're doing everything that you can to bring on a new client, or you're feeling really unmotivated to actually do things to show up in your business, or you're struggling to grow your business, or maybe you're starting to kind of secretly loathe showing up in a client session or, you know, whatever it is. If that's happening, then the invitation is kind of for you to think about, is this potentially a compromise that I have made? where I am designing the work that I do based off of what I think I can get paid to do rather than doing the work that I actually want to do. 
And the truth is kind of like the completely like end of this road, where this road leads you to, and I've seen this with clients, I've seen this with myself, is that sales will massively slow or even stop. Because internally, you kind of just hit this point energetically where you literally do not want to make another sale. You don't want to do this work. So if you don't want to do this work, then you don't want to make this sale. (laughs) And so your brain might be saying, make the sale, make the sale, make the sale. But you will do, you know, different things to kind of like prevent yourself from being able to make that sale. If any of this that I'm talking about with this compromise is feeling resonant, then here is my invitation to you. I want to invite you to ask yourself, if I could do any work and know that I would get paid and paid really freaking well to do it, what would that work be? I'll ask it again. If I could do any work and know that I would get paid really freaking well to do it, what would that work be? I know for me, my whole life, I have literally said, it'd be so cool if I could just get paid to talk to people. And all the times that I was saying it, you know, back in college or whatever, it always was like kind of funny because it seemed so unrealistic. Like, what do you mean just getting paid to talk to people? Like, (laughs) what is that? Like, that isn't a job that exists. But that's actually, if I like looking at what I do, in essence, that's pretty much what I'm doing now. (laughs) I get paid to talk to people. And, you know, of course, we do more than just talking. Like there's strategy, there's, you know, some expertise, there's a bunch of things underneath the talking. But ultimately, I get paid to talk to people. And this really started to shift for me, this compromise, when I asked myself this question, if I could do any work and know that I would get paid and paid really freaking well to do it, what would that work be? I asked that question to myself a couple years into business when I was feeling burnt out, when I was feeling stuck, when I was struggling to make new sales. And the answer that came to me was what had always come to me, which was, it'd be so cool if I could get paid to talk to people. Only this time I knew, wait, that job actually kind of exists. It's coaching. And I allowed myself to start pivoting into that. And that's when, honestly, like my business took off. And I have other episodes on that. We can talk about that another time. But I want to really invite you, if this is feeling resonant, to ask yourself that question. The second compromise that I really see that people make and make very regularly and also very unconsciously is that they pursue someone else's definition of success instead of their own definition of success. Like I was saying, this one is super sneaky and mostly because often this external definition of success has become so deeply ingrained in you that it actually feels like maybe now it's your definition of success. It feels like it's your voice saying, I want this, I want this, I want this, or I have to do that. It has to look this way. This has to happen. And think about it, like this literally happens with so many different things, right? Like how often have you realized that your voice in your head that's, you know, saying things to you is actually just simply parroting something that maybe your parent or your guardian used to say to you? Like, I know for me, some ones that I've had to work through are things like, suck your stomach in, (laughs) or you can't do that, or, you know, whatever it is for you. 
And there's these voices that really are from outside of us, but we're bringing them in and now they sound like our own voice. And so now we are thinking that that is what we would say. That is what we want. That is what we say that we have to do. But this is a big thing that I see happening for so many business owners. They are surrounded constantly by people talking about 10K month, million dollar year. My client just went from 3K to 100K, like (laughs) overnight, you know? They're hearing all of these voices around them that are saying what success looks like. And so then they, as you know, as business owners who are kind of in this online business world, they start accidentally without even realizing it, internalizing this voice that says, this is what success is. Success is making X amount of dollars per month, per year, per whatever, maybe while only working so many hours a week or while being able to do this or you buy a Ferrari, you, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) So they've taken, because they're just so surrounded by it and inundated by it, they've taken this external definition of success and internalized it. And now start to act out of this belief that maybe it is their own definition of success. And sometimes this can be really sneaky and really subtle. Other times it can be really obvious. The kind of like obvious approach here would be the business equivalent of keeping up with the Joneses, right? You see competitor made this amount of money. So now that's my goal too. Or so-and-so talks about how you have to have seven streams of income And so now I am going to do that too. And I have to make a whole second business and I have to have a course and I have to whatever it is, right? Have to get funnels and whatever, all of these things, because that's what this person is saying that you have to do. (laughs) But the problem with this is that when you are pursuing someone else's definition of success, nothing is ever going to feel like enough. And in fact, literally, this is one of the biggest indications that you are pursuing someone else's definition of success. And it's that no matter what you create or achieve, it never feels like enough. And I have a very personal example of this. You know, I had an 80K sales month in January of 2022, and it was actually almost exactly 80K sales, a little bit over, and then right around 30,000 in cash, I think. And that was huge for me, right? Like that was my biggest sales month ever. I had had a 30K cash month before, but sales, that was huge. $80,000 to start the new year. Like how cool, right? But then I reached that. I made that amount of money or I booked it at least. And it was this moment of, huh, nothing's different. Nothing is changing. And it just dawned on me. Like, I could keep trying to make more money, but what's the line? What's the limit? Like, where do I like cross this finish line in this race so that I can finally feel like I have and am enough? Because if 80k in sales, 30k in cash isn't going to do it, then what is? Right? Nothing is ever going to feel like enough when you are trying to chase after or pursue someone else's definition of success. Because the truth is, 
that when you know what your definition of success is, without it kind of running through this filter of these external influences, you actually get a sense of satisfaction at all of the things, okay, maybe not all of them, at most of the things that you are creating and doing. When you know what your definition of success is, without these external influences kind of dumbing it down almost, right? Or like turning it into something entirely other than what your actual definition is, you start being really proud of yourself for all that you have created and done. And you also see really clearly how everything that you're creating and doing right now are leading you to even more fully expressing and experiencing your definition of success. It becomes this place where you are able to both be thriving where you are right now and know that the thriving you're experiencing right now is actually leading you to even more thriving, even more quote-unquote success in the future. And this happens, this ability to be present and to celebrate what you're currently experiencing and to know that what you're currently doing is adding to where you're wanting to go and you have that larger context of your definition of success. The way that you're able to actually be there or why this happens when you know your definition of success is truthfully because for most, if not all of us, the only reason that you feel like what you have right now or who you are right now is not enough is because someone outside of you is telling you that it isn't enough or that you are not enough. I'm going to say this again. For most of us, the only reason that we feel like what we have right now is not enough or who we are right now is not enough is because someone outside of us tells us that it is not enough. We are not born thinking that what we have is not enough. We are not born thinking that who we are is not enough. We are not born with that. And so if we're in this constant cycle, particularly in our businesses, because that's where I, I have expertise to speak to, when we're in that cycle in our businesses, usually it's an indication that we are making this compromise to a degree of essentially pursuing someone else's definition of success instead of our own definition of success. And as many of you have very likely experienced or kind of like seen This cycle of never having or doing or being enough leads straight to burnout, which again, I think is probably exactly where you do not want to go. And it also leads to you feeling completely disconnected from your work because now instead of doing your work from a place of like, this is how I serve, this is who I want to be, this is what I want to like bring to the world, you now are doing your work from the place of this is how I succeed. And at some point, again, that might work initially, this chase for success, this chase for ultimately probably some sort of validation, some proof of, yes, look, you are enough. When you're doing your work from that place, it might bring you some initial success, but long term, it leads you to burnout. Long term, it's not what you actually want. Long term, you're going to start feeling really disconnected from your work. And potentially, this could even feed into compromise number one that I shared with you, where now you're struggling to bring new clients into your work or whatever it is, however it shows up for you. 
if this compromise number two is resonating with you, then here's my invitation to you. Ask your inner wisdom to clarify what success actually means to you and allow whatever answer arises to be the truth. If the words inner wisdom don't jive with you, you could call it your highest self, your gut feeling, or really essentially anything that goes deeper than head level. You could even ask God or the universe if that feels right to you. What does success actually mean to me? Right? Ask your inner wisdom or ask God or ask your highest self. However that jives for you, allow yourself to listen to what that answer is without judgment and with pure curiosity. Like what truly comes up when you ask yourself, what does success actually mean to me? And when I do this for myself, right, when I think about in my highest wisdom, in my inner wisdom, what does success actually mean for me? The first word that comes to mind is peace and freedom. They came like almost like instantaneously after each other. And so if success to me means peace and freedom, and if I was going to really go more deeply in this in myself, I'm not going to do it right now. I'll do it after. (laughs) But if I was to really go deeper inside of that, then I would look at peace and freedom. Okay. What do those words really mean inside of my business? What does that look like? What could I shift about how I'm building my business right now to create more of that, to create more peace, to create more freedom? And now, What is happening here is that you are starting to understand more of what your definition of success is. And from there, you can work backwards and look at what needs to shift today so that I can actually create the success that I am looking to create, can create ultimately the business that you're wanting to create. Because also at some point, you start moving beyond success, 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 and moving into This is how I serve. This is how I show up. This is what I am creating. This is the legacy I'm building. And it's not wrong to be in either one of those places. And I truthfully think that I vacillate between them still. You know, where will there be a point in the future where I'm like entirely legacy driven? Maybe, but that's not true right now. I can't say that. (laughs) And that's okay. (laughs) So there's no judgment on that. But again, When you start to understand at least what your definition of success is, then you can enter into everything that you're doing in your business today from that lens rather than this like keeping up with the Joneses lens. We don't need to keep up with the Joneses. We don't need to make a certain amount of money because that's what your competitor made. We don't need to, you know, grow our business to X amount in revenue in really short amount of time because that's what other people do, right? We don't need those things when we start understanding what our vision of success is, what success truly means to us, and then we can start building our businesses to align with that rather than this kind of like rat race of success that so many of us, including me, either have gotten caught in or are currently caught in. Compromise number three, and really this is super related to the last one. It's kind of like almost the same thing from a slightly different perspective, but actually all three of these are so deeply interconnected. So it was even hard as I was planning this to think about like, 
No, pull these apart. Pull these apart. Let's look at them individually. (laughs) Compromise number three is trusting someone else outside of you more than or even instead of trusting you. Here at Holco, our motto is look external for ideas, but internal for answers. And there's a reason for this. Obviously, you would hope. (laughs) And of course, yes, it's because this is what I truly believe that we all need to do in every area of our life. Look external for ideas, but internal for answers. And this is literally how I approach everything in my life and business. And it's really a big part of what I really credit my business success to is taking this approach. But I only came to this realization that we need to look external for ideas and internal for answers because this is not how I used to see things. This is not how I used to approach really anything, but particularly things in my business. I used to look external for answers every single day. (laughs) I used to really deeply get so frustrated because it felt like everyone around me in business had this secret strategy that I didn't. And so, I mean, you can't fault my commitment, but like every day I would go down so many Google rabbit holes trying to figure out where is the secret strategy? What is the secret strategy? What is finally going to make this whole business thing work like it's quote unquote supposed to? It was a daily search outside of me for answers. I even remember, you know, I joined this membership and I think I've shared this story before, but I joined this membership and one of the big things that they preached was outsource before you're ready. So I literally hired all sorts of different people, like a housekeeper, laundry service, a VA. I made so many different hires, even though I was not really making much money at that point. Like I could not actually afford that. I did it though, because I was hearing this person outside of me saying, this is the answer. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) And it makes a lot of sense that we do this, right? We can't get upset at ourselves for this. It's just something that we do because honestly, it's a natural instinct to want to learn something when we don't know how to do something. Like that's a very human thing. And actually it can be a really great instinct, (laughs) We do not want to fully erase this part of us that says, I don't know how to do something, let me learn. But what we do want to do is redefine our relationship with learning. We want learning to be something that we integrate into who we are and what we know to be true, rather than using the things that we are learning to completely cover up who we are and what we know to be true. We want to allow the learning, allow the things that we are learning to integrate into what we are already creating and who we already are, rather than take the things that we are learning and cover up who we are, cover up what we know to be true. The truth is, is that many of us have really never been taught to listen to, let alone trust ourselves. And simultaneously, many of us have been taught that we must trust and respect external authoritative voices. And even for some of us, it's you must trust and respect these authoritative voices without question. And if you think about it, like, you know, this is how most schools operate. It's we kind of become entrenched in this learning where everyone outside of us has all of the answers 
And we have to just like take all of it as fact. There's not a lot of, I have to question this or I have to think about this or, well, I see it this way. I even remember, you know, classic story of being in English class in high school. We're reading books and the teacher is like, well, what does this mean? What is this a symbol of? And you're like, oh, well, I think it could be this. And they're like, no, it's this. <laughs> and it's like, unless the author of this specific book said that this thing is a symbol for that thing, then there isn't actually a definitive answer. But literally, we are taught from such a young age to trust the outside authoritative voice more than trusting our own internal voice. And I feel like I'm like, am I going too big here? Let's bring us back in. This also happens inside of the online business world regularly. It happens so frequently. One of my business friends once told me a story. She was in a coaching program and toward the end of the program, in kind of an effort to get them to re-sign up and continue working with the coach, the coach told them very literally, do not listen to the voice inside of you that is telling you that you don't need to take this next step. And naturally, like, I very much disagree with that approach to creating re-signups. <laughs> I deeply disagree with telling someone, do not listen to the voice inside of you that's telling you not to take this next step. I very much disagree with that. And I also can't really fault that coach for taking that approach because the truth is they are very likely deeply entrenched in this kind of compromise as well, in this trusting authoritative voices, trusting outside of you more than you trust or even listen to yourself. And so, you know, so often we simply don't have an awareness that there is another way. And does that make it right that this is the approach that this coach took with my business friend? Absolutely not, right? This is a both and kind of situation. But I see it as this is just another person who is so deeply kind of entrenched or part of this approach of external authoritative voices are what we have to listen to. And probably, you know, as part of that, as a continuation of that, if I speak in an authoritative voice, then people will listen to me. That is the only way to get people to listen to me. But that's dangerous, as we can see in this example. But through these lived experiences that, I mean, is it safe to say all of us, most of us at least have, where we are taught to trust the thing outside of us more than we trust ourselves, what ends up happening is that we lose touch with ourselves. And when we lose touch with ourselves, there creates this kind of like fear response inside of us because it's like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to, what's true. I don't know what to hold on to. And so naturally, our being is like, we need to find something to hold on to. <laughs> and so we hold on to something or someone or a strategy or whatever outside of us because that thing seems solid, right? That person seems to know what to do or that strategy seems to be the right thing to do. And so now it's easier to trust this external thing than it is to trust you. It's easier to listen to this external thing and say, that must be true, than it is to listen to yourself and validate yourself and say what I am feeling, what I am thinking, how I want to do this actually must be what's true. When we trust other people 
before we trust ourselves. We very likely don't know what we want, let alone actually have the clarity and the confidence to pursue what we want. To kind of go back to our example of like, I'm trying to get to, let's say, New York, but then I end up driving to LA. (laughs) If we're thinking about that as an example here, imagine yourself in the middle of the United States. I don't know, let's say you're in Chicago and you simply don't know, do I want to go to New York? Do I want to go to LA? And then you have someone outside of you saying, well, you have to go to New York. New York is the best. New York, blah, 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 blah. But then you also have people outside of you saying, well, you have to go to California. And then you also have people saying you have to go to Montreal. (laughs) And so that's when it's so easy to start just feeling frozen and feeling like I actually don't know what I need to do or where I want to go or what I want to create. Because we have in this moment learned to trust outside authoritative voices more than we trust ourselves. We've learned to listen to all of the voices around us more than we are listening to ourselves. If you're finding yourself kind of starting to resonate here with compromise number three, my invitation to you is to ask yourself, if I did fully trust myself, what might I do differently about my business as it sits right now? And if that feels too broad, you can hone it in a little bit. If I fully trusted myself, what might I do differently in my marketing? Or what might I do differently in whatever topic feels relevant to you? And even if that is feeling a little bit beyond kind of what's accessible to you to answer right now, then first, that is totally okay. (laughs) And in fact, it's super normal because the longer that we've been entrenched in trusting other voices before trusting our own voice, the harder it will naturally feel at the beginning to start accessing our own voice. And some people may have even been taught through life experience or through different people around them that their own voice is dangerous. So there might be that component here as well. It doesn't mean that if that's true for you right now, that you're never going to hear your own inner voice, that you're never going to be able to trust yourself. I want to really invite you to just be gracious with yourself as you begin this journey. And maybe actually a place to start, maybe a slightly easier entry point could be The question of, what is something I am currently doing in my business because someone else said that I was supposed to? Let me say it again. What is something I am currently doing in my business because someone else said that I was supposed to? And just by asking that question, what ends up happening is that you start seeing that you actually have choice. And you start seeing that, wait, there might actually be other options beyond this one approach. And of course, you don't have to choose to take any of those other options, but simply allow yourself here, if it feels safe, if you feel okay with this, to look at the bigger picture and to use this opportunity to begin this journey of starting to hear yourself amidst the really, really loud cacophony of voices that show up in our online business world. And you know, it's so funny as I'm recording this, I'm like, oh my gosh, we are 43 and a half minutes in as I'm recording. It's obviously going to be a little shorter for you. But when I sat down to record this episode today, I kind of felt like I didn't have much to say about these three compromises. (laughs) Turns out that is entirely untrue. (laughs) Because as I talked about them, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are all three things that not only have I dealt with, but that so many of my clients have dealt with that I've seen so many other business owners deal with, like these three compromises, I would say 
are three of the biggest unconscious compromises that we make when we are working to build our businesses. And making these compromises is a really gradual and largely unconscious process. It's not something, of course, like that you're going to decide one day, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to trust other people's voices more than my own. Yes, that's a great idea. (laughs) It's not something that we are typically consciously choosing. It's just this little bit of a snowball effect where we shift into the compromise a little bit, and then it's easier and easier and easier and easier to keep shifting into and keep making that compromise. It's gradual. It's largely unconscious. And yet, when you are aware of them, you realize, I don't want to be making these compromises. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you for having made these compromises. And I hope, as you've now seen, the reasons that we make these compromises very often go much further back in time and deeper into our beings than we may have initially thought. Like these are very deeply ingrained compromises sometimes. So there's a lot of reasons why we've made these compromises. And there really doesn't need to be any shame or any judgment around having made them. We can approach ourselves with some curiosity, some compassion, maybe even some humor, like, oh my gosh, how did I not see that? (laughs) You do not have to make having made these compromises mean anything about you. It's just something that has happened. And now that you're aware of it, you can shift. While each of these compromises might initially lead to these kind of boosts in success or quote unquote success, they eventually stop working as you've already seen. You'll hit a ceiling doing work that you don't actually want to do and very likely struggle to make any more sales until you pivot. You'll burn out. You never feel satisfied or like enough when you pursue someone else's definition of success. You'll very likely do all of the above. Hit a ceiling, burn out, never feel like enough when you're trusting external voices before you're trusting yourself. And when this stops working or even before it stops working, before you hit that burnout, if you can create that awareness sooner rather than later, The invitation then for you is to look at what can I do differently? Throughout this episode, I've given you some starting points. I've given you questions within each compromise to ask yourself. And if you allow yourself to truly answer that question, listen to what arises, you will already be on this new path of doing something differently simply by the act of creating this new awareness. From there, my invitation is now to you to take action that leads in a new direction. Can you make a shift to the actual work that you're doing to be more in line with the work you truly want to do? Can you adjust how you're running your business right now to more directly contribute to the success that you want to create in both the short term and the long term of your business? Can you do at least one thing in your business exactly how you want to do it instead of how someone else told you that you quote unquote have to. And if you sense that you may want some support on this journey, specifically within your business, so that you can stop trying to follow these one, two, three step strategies or the shoulds or the strategy du jour, and finally build the business foundations and cultivate the self-trust to create a business that's built to last, then I invite you to apply to work with me inside my signature business coaching and strategic consulting container, Expand. 
You can find all of the information and apply at applytoexpand.com. Everything in business is compromising to a degree. There's always going to be trade-offs in every decision that you make. And some of those compromises lead you exactly where you want to go. Others of them lead you in the exact opposite direction. I hope that in hearing these three pretty sneaky compromises that again, often happen unconsciously, that you will have created a new awareness around what you can do differently to create a business that is built to last, where you get paid and paid well to do the work that you most love doing in the way you most love doing it while working with the people that you most love working with. 